Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Roka Report podcast in association with Summon Community Soup Kitchen, and you join us a couple of days after the game. We've decided to hold off. We didn't do a player ratings on Saturday. We thought we'd let poor Sean have a weekend to himself. So, yeah, we're here a couple of days later, basically just to reflect on what was a, a, an indifferent performance for Sunderland and probably a lot more talking points come out of this game than any of our recent ones because we've become so used to Sunderland just winning and winning and winning. And for once, we didn't win. So we don't feel quite quite as content with with how things are today i'm sure but uh yeah i'm joined by chris as always how we doing mate yeah not bad just trying to wake up it's nice to see podcast. you in daylight actually it's nice they nice see in daylight normally you're in a dark dingy room <laughs> and i'm also here with craig chapman how we doing craig yeah spot on lovely so you say spot on but are you spot on are you, are you, are you still are you still feeling good about sunland because last, last week you couldn't have took us uh took, took us down a peg at all we were just Flying high, everything was fantastic. Couldn't have been more positive. I think we're probably a little bit more grounded. Um, I wouldn't say negative. There's nothing to be negative about, really. But certainly, probably a bit more level-headed than we maybe were after Wembley and beat Nackington. Yeah, I think um, I think like the the overwhelming feeling is is more calm than anything else. And I think that was one of the most telling things about Saturday afternoon. I think typically. When we see Sunderland draw one-one, there's normally um, a bit of a sort of a meltdown in respect of it being that particular scoreline. We've seen it so many times over the past, but um, I think it was quite telling that the the reaction that you've seen across social media, the message boards and stuff like that, was basically that it was it was a fair result. Um, there was no sense of you know kind of blame or anything like that. I, I think in truth, just the way that our fixture pileup has come, it was perhaps just a bridge too far for us. We looked leggy um we've looked you know really stretched across the squad for a little while now so i think a result like that was always coming but i think in light of that you know it's it's not a bad result we came up against a very good lincoln side and i think if we were offered at the start of the day to say look you know you're not going to lose any ground on the top two considering the fixtures that they had then we probably all would have took us so i think yeah. all things considered it's um it's a good point it's a fair point and obviously, there the most important thing now is that we've we've got a good period of rest and recovery before the next game comes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you made a good point there about the not losing really any ground on the top two. Peterborough drew with Rochdale, which I don't think anybody would have seen that coming. Chris, they've 
been flying Peter Brown, Rochdale or second bottom. I mean, to be fair to Rochdale, like they looked okay when they played us the other week, but I, I still didn't think they'd pull that result out. And then um, on top of that, Hull drew away at Shrewsbury, another team who are not quite at the races at the minute. So in one respect, you can look at it, can't you, as a, maybe a, an opportunity missed. But also, really, if we were going to drop points, at least they have as well, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I, like you said, Rochdale came to the stadium of like, what was it, 6th of March, I think it was. Beat them 2-0. But I remember everyone saying after that game, you know, how how were Rochdale kind of bottom of the league? You know, we were all having conversations saying that they tried to play good football, that, you know, they were kind of had a plan to, to try and stifle the way we were playing and uh, and they looked really good on the ball. So I'm kind of, yeah, all right, I'm surprised with the, the league position, but not, not really surprised that they plucked the odd result out. But yeah, I mean, uh, Craig made a couple of cracking points there. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, going back to that Rochdale game, we, we had Rochdale and Swindon before that, both kind of at the, at the bottom end of the table where we kind of huffed and puffed a little bit, didn't blow them out of the water like we maybe should have. Then we had Portsmouth, which was fantastic. Like we really stepped it up for Portsmouth. Struggled against Tranmere a little bit and then struggled against Accrington. You know, when I say struggle, I mean like, you know, we always looked in control, but we didn't look in danger of blowing them out of the water and just kind of giving them a spank in like three or four nil or anything like that. So like I said in the last pod, we feel like a bit of a machine where we're just very efficient rather than, you know, we're gonna turn up and we're just gonna we're just gonna wipe the floor with teams. So Lincoln Lincoln came to the stadium and like they're no mugs. And I think they showed it that they'd got be, they'd only been beaten twice away from home all season. And I think with because they've had a few injuries, I think a lot of our fans kind of wrote them off and said, "Oh, we should be should be spanking these." And um, I'll put my hand up and say, I, "If anyone read the preview, I was I was a guilty party. Um, I thought it was going to be three nil in that. I thought we were going to have one of those games where everything went right. They came, they're organised, they know what they're doing. They got a cracking point. They could arguably they could have had more." Yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly worried. Like, I don't think, don't think there's anything to be particularly bothered about. I mean, obviously, we like you say, I was probably in the same mindset as you going into the game. I felt like this is a really good time to play them. Mm. What with their their form, I mean, they hadn't played really well going into the game. Had lost a bunch of players, um. But the flip side of that is, is that it creates opportunities for squad players, like it would if it was Sunderland and Link. Uh, Lincoln brought in a couple of players, you know, changed it up because they had to. And they, they ultimately they play quite well. Like you said, they're, they're a good football team. There's there's a good reason that they're fourth in the table. I said this. I said this before the Pompey game. I, I sort of discounted their form, even though we end up battering them. Um, I discounted their form because they're they're up there for a reason. They're no mugs. They they deserve to be where they are in the table at this stage. But ultimately, yeah, it's it's. I think if 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 anyone sat here feeling disappointed, then then I guess that's just a, a good indicator of how. High the standards have been brought up because um, if you'd asked me when Phil Parkinson was manager if I'd have took a home draw against the team in the top four, I most definitely would have because we couldn't we couldn't buy a point at home under him. Under Johnson, we've we've raised the standards considerably, and we're now a lot better off for it. So yeah, I guess I would like to I would like to think Craig that the players are maybe a little bit disappointed and it might refocus their minds a bit because they've been on such a high for such a a number of weeks now that maybe they needed just to be reminded of this is a slog. There are other teams in there like Lincoln who are going to give us a good go. They want to be in the top two as much as we do. It's it's a good sort of time to reflect, isn't it? Especially this week with no midweek game. Yeah, definitely. And I think the um, 
the most pleasing thing about the kind of like the, the fallout, if you like, from seeing the, uh, the social media response by the players. Quick to highlight that it was an extension of the unbeaten run. Um, they weren't, you know, too downhearted about it. And I think that is that is pleasing. And we discussed last week that perhaps we weren't going to go on and win every single game. That was perhaps yeah, yeah. unrealistic mm-hmm. despite the form that we were in. So, like I say, it's never a good time to drop points. But I think, you know, coming up against a side like that, albeit they haven't been informed, but, you know, they, they really are a good side. They were packed with pace and power and they were very tricky for us to deal with for, for large parts of that game. And I think as the game went on, perhaps if it had another 10, 15 minutes, they were the likely side to win it. So, like I say, we'll we'll take the point where we can get it. Um, but then... I think the pleasing thing now is 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 obviously a good few days rest. I think I've worked out the other day that we've played something like twenty two games this year already. So we've we've literally crammed half a season's worth of fixtures into two months, and this this is now the first time where we're going to go into a period where it's not just so much recover and prepare. We're actually getting the opportunity to rest, recover and prepare, and maybe even sort of try new things. And we haven't had that yet under Lee Johnson. Obviously, with the COVID outbreak and the squad, so it's it's extra few days for us to, to kind of plan put things in place and um and i've still got a good bit of confidence going into uh into the bristol rovers game this week so it's like i said i appreciate people are a little downhearted when you drop points and things like that but i think looking at the bigger picture and especially the response on the socials i think everybody you know is quite content and calm about us it's going to be another slog over the course of the next few months and it's it, it's not worth panicking about i think at this stage no. Yeah, I mean, j- just on that, Craig, I mean, I think I think you've got a spot on there. I mean, for people who are there going, oh, God, you know, are the wheels coming off and all that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, I mean, the- Saturday was a game against two good, well-organised teams who'd rotated their squads a little bit. And in the end, it was a bit of a ding-dong, you know, it was kind of, you know, end-to-end, last kind of five minutes, both teams trying to win it. And it's just football. I mean, it was one of those games where two good teams played each other and it ended up a draw. And it was it was a decent game actually if you were neutral yeah yeah, one of those days it's football and we keep them at arm's length I think as well which is is pleasing we know we've got the game in hand and I know historically we're not good (laughs) with games in hand but um, Mm. it does it does kind of bridge that gap just a little bit as well but I think if we go back you you were talking about like runs of form and things and we've we've took 23 points from the the last 27 if we think of the, the reaction from every sort of Sunderland fan channel or podcast or whatever after that Shrewsbury game, we were down and out. We hadn't even considered the playoffs and stuff like that. And every conversation seemed to be like, oh, well, we'll just write the season off and then give Lee Johnson the summer. We've now put ourselves into a tremendous position where it's it's achievable. It is. And I think obviously now it's just ensuring that everybody keeps the right mindset within the squad, keeps everybody on the toes and hopefully over the course of the next few days, we'll get a few players back involved as well because, I mean, by God, some of them need a rest. Yeah. And, and don't forget, don't forget, in this season, we've played 35 League One games and we've only lost five times this season. I mean, that's yeah. pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. if you look, the next team in League One, which is Peterborough, they've lost nine, almost twice the amount we've lost. Um, I mean, so losing five games out of 35, we're a good team this season and, and we can get, yeah. get back to winning ways. I know people like talk about the draws and I've seen, you know, like the odd one or two comments on Saturday saying like, is that going to be a decisive game and stuff? And and I don't think it is. I think if it's the case we fall two points shy by the end of the season, we're looking at the draws against Bristol Rovers at home. We're looking at not beating Wigan, MK Dons, the, the lesser sides in the division. I mean, let's not forget Lincoln was a side that we 
we had to fight back against in the Papa John's Trophy the other week and beat them on penalties. And I mean, even in the 4-0 fixture, mm. it was quite a flattering scoreline in respect of we could have been 2-0 down within the first 10 to 15 minutes. So, I mean, like I said, obviously, it's one of those things. There's talking points either side, but I think a good few days worth of rest, um, a bit of recovery within the squad gives Lee Johnson an opportunity to maybe work on new things, get players back. I think we're we're still in an excellent position and hopefully we can get um, Blackpool to do us a favour tomorrow night. Hmm. Yeah, we'll get into a couple of the specifics from the performance, I guess. The goal scorer then, who saw that coming? <laughs> Callum McFadden popping up at the back stick to score a header. Do you know something? We've slagged him off, rightly so as well, because he's been crap, and we've said he's been crap when it's been warranted. But his last handful of performances, he hasn't done too bad. He's, he's had a handful of decent games. He played. He played well at the weekend for me. He got a goal, and 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 obviously last week, uh, the Atrington game, Vokens played all right. I, I came on here afterwards doing the player ratings, thought that at nil nil, had he not raced the length of the pitch to save us from conceding a goal, it could have been a very different game. And then you've got to factor in Denver Hume. As as I mean, by the time this goes out, he'll I'm imagining will have played for the under twenty threes. Um, his first game back since well, probably last year. All of a sudden. Lee Johnson's got something to think about because I know people, and I, and I put this out on Twitter, and I know people said, well, no, Denver Hume automatically first choice, but he's been missing for that long. That Johnson, And Johnson's shown this with Ross Stewart um, in particular and Benji Kimpioka. He's not one for rushing players back when we've got such a hectic schedule coming up. All of a sudden, he's got a, a bit of a, a headache, in my opinion, because Vokens did himself no, no harm at Arrington. McFadden's Definitely improved. He's. I mean, he's. I think this is probably his ceiling in terms of ability. But getting himself on the on the score sheet won't have done him any harm. And then you've got Denver Hume to factor in, Chris. I mean, how do you? How would you deal with that? Because I know we've spoke about this, you know, off air and stuff. But I'm sensing a little bit of a headache for Johnson here. No, I think uh, maybe a headache. <laughs> maybe a headache whilst they're bedding Hume in, because you know who misses out. Yeah. Does he keep rotating? Um, McFadson, Vorkins. Who does he have on the bench? You know, because one of those two might miss out if he's trying to get Hume on the bench and give him 20 minutes yeah. or five minutes at the end or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a headache rotating them because, like you said, I, I mean, I still don't know why Vulcan was out at the weekend. I don't know whether he, he took a knock or, it's, or he's just kind of completely kind of bombed out, which I was quite surprised in the preview. I had him in the first 11 after that game. I thought he'd want to keep him keep him going when he when he actually found some form. But uh but he went with McFadden. Wasn't even on the bench, was he? No, no he wasn't he even on the bench. Just completely disappeared, which which was weird, especially like I said. I mean, I thought after he got going at Accrington, I thought you know Lee Johnson might say, right, go on, carry it on. You've getting your Sunderland time started now. But um, but yeah, I mean, only in that respect, in terms of a headache, because I think um, the 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 number one kind of priority is to get Hume fully fit, because I think a fully fit Denver Hume at left back improves us exponentially on that left-hand side. I think him and McGeady down yeah. that left-hand side, I mean, just imagine that, man. I mean, McGeady's had to work with McFadson and a young kid from Southampton who's looked lost, and he still looked brilliant. Imagine if he's got Denver Hume overlapping him down that left-hand side and he can cut inside or mm-hmm. he can do his thing. I just think uh, it could be perfect timing that Hume comes back. But uh, but to be fair to McFadson, I mean, if you the, the pitches after him after, after the Wembley final, I mean, he took a battering for the lads, didn't he? You know, yeah, yeah. bus nose, his eye was up, and all that sort of stuff, and he <laughs> stuck, he stuck his head in against Lincoln, and kind of shut his eyes and up for the best, and it ended up in the corner. So uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, I tell you what, 
McFadden, he's a trier. He, he gives us a shift, but he's just lacking with quality and he's kind of a makeshift because we know we've got Denver Hume. What, what do you make of the decision to play Winchester and Ledbetter together, Craig? Because that was a, a, a big topic of debate amongst our group. Certainly it was a... I don't think we we necessarily expected to see them both in the same team and Winchester ended up playing a lot higher higher up than than he generally would, even though against Accrington he was fantastic. He then is asked to do a different role and it didn't quite work, did it? No, it was a bit bizarre, that one. I mean, Winchester I thought was excellent in midweek, but it's like you say, he was, he was asked to play that new role. And I'll be honest, I just don't think it suited them at all, being the advanced one of like the midfield trio they're okay, linked up well with Charlie White sometimes, but I think you could tell he, he wasn't comfortable in that position. And I, I think realistically speaking, again, that, that can't happen again. He, he needs to play a little bit deeper because he's very calm on the ball. And in terms of what he offers, he just he, he just seems to like relax things an awful lot. But I think due to obviously the, the way that Lincoln play, like I said, they, they, they pressed us an awful lot there. They're very powerful, very quick side. I mean, I'm not sure if that was just to try and combat a little bit more maybe have him sort of try and push back against them but it just didn't go to plan I don't think um so ideally I think although I'd probably have him as their one of the first midfielders on the team sheet he's, he's gonna have to play deeper I think in respect of that role I mean hopefully Aidan O'Brien gets back sooner rather than later because I think that's what Wakes sort of missed out on a little bit of late is is his hard work yeah um so I, I can't really fault Winchester because again like I said it was it's far from his best display in a Sunderland shirt but again I think that's just kind of the commitment and the, the dedication that these lads have, have got now they're, they're willing to play anywhere really to ensure that they're, they're getting in that starting 11 with the amount of injuries and things like that we've got it, it's not a bad trait but um, I, I think it held us back a little bit it, it, it kind of killed us in terms of breaking a little bit quicker than you would have liked but fingers crossed by the time next Saturday comes he'll he'll be playing deeper just on that Winchester point people might want to take a trip to the site to, to check out Phil Butler's uh, talking tactics that talks a lot about Winchester's role and maybe why he was put in there. Because I mean, I'll let people read it. I won't. I won't spoil the surprise. But uh, you know, Lincoln seemed to set up with a kind of a diamond shape in the middle with Bridcut as um, kind of a, a quarterback um, in front of the back four. And I think Winchester, especially off the ball, was asked to kind of do a job on him, which is it's kind of like you said, Craig. It's kind of take him on for the team, isn't it? And I think because he's kind of he's got that football and brain. I think it allowed him to to push on Bridcut off the ball. And when we got possession, he actually, in the first half, he took up some really good positions. But the problem is, like you said, again, he's not used to taking the ball with his back to goal. He wants to be able to see the pitch because he's got a good pass on him. He's got a good touch on him. He keeps possession, keeps things ticking over. I think that's his best role. But uh, again, like a few others, I think he was just asked to, asked to do a job and take one for the team on Saturday. Mm. Another who is always asked to to do a job for the team is Luke O'Neill. And in the last couple of performances, he hasn't quite been at the level he was prior to that, I would say. At Rington, I think we said in the player ratings after the game on the podcast that we felt he was probably the weakest of the, the back three uh, in the, of the defence. And then again at the weekend, Martin said in his player ratings on the website, he felt that he that O'Neill was turned far too easily for, for Lincoln's equaliser and looked a little bit shaky at times. With the likes of Bailey Wright in particular, Chris, sort of coming back soon, I would imagine. Um, is it maybe we start to look maybe less? Because I think the conversation a few weeks ago was, is Luke O'Neill now a first-choice centre-half? Are we maybe just being reminded that he might not be quite 
suited to that position long term? I don't know. It's hard to tell because, I mean, you go back to Wembley. I had him as man of the match for Wembley. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he, but he held he held the other lads together because the other lads were kind of struggling to get their positions, know what they were doing. And Luke O'Nine was kind of the, the only, he was the main defender and the main man at the back. And one of the reasons we kind of lifted the cup at Wembley because he was at the back. Since then, um, I don't know, he might have had a few sherbets after after Wembley. I don't know, but he, against <laughs> against Accrington, doesn't he, seem um, the type. He doesn't seem the type to have a sherbet. No, no. Oh, no. His favorite <laughs> drink's definitely water, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he might have had a few, uh, you know, apricot and lime flavored waters or something. But uh, <laughs> I get, he came back against Accrington, and Sanderson slotted in back alongside him. And actually, at times at Accrington, the two of them looked like they were really confused on what their positioning should be alongside each other. There was a couple of times they were looking at each other when they went for the same ball or got caught kind of too kind of narrow where they were kind of one behind the other rather than flat. And then they, they kind of carried that on a little bit against Lincoln. And it's a strange one because I don't know whether Luke O'Nine kind of got the confidence playing with someone else and maybe with Sanderson coming back in, it, it, it kind of something kind of changed when they, they had to click back into their partnership. Um, but yeah, since, since Wembley, when Sanderson had to take a game out... Um, O'Nine's looked a bit uh, a bit shaky alongside him, but uh, but I tell you what, you, you've got to you know for his performances before this little wobble. I mean, he's looked one of the best centre halves I've seen play for Sunderland for a long time when he when he isn't yeah, one at all. So you, you've got to give him a pass, haven't you? Yeah, I don't want to focus too much on negatives. To be fair, but those are just a couple of little things that stuck out to me in particular. I think the overarching point though is what something what Craig said at the top is that we've just played that much football in such a short space of time. Expecting perfection every week is just impossible, really. We're really stretched. I mean, you only had to take one look at, at our bench that Lee Johnson had to pick from. You see a bunch of young players on there. I mean, Ollie Younger was there. Dan Neal was there. Jack Diamond was there. And these are all good players. Don't get us wrong. But it does tell you, even though we've got such a big squad, we're still having to fall back on on youngsters. Um, Ross Stewart was on there who's not played a lot of football at all so yeah we are very stretched at the minute and uh, and I know the lads will get into this a bit more when they do the preview show during the week but uh, I'm I'm just hoping that this this week provides Lee Johnson with a good opportunity to reflect and also get a bunch of players back who really really need to be sort of factoring back into things now I mean the next game and again I won't go into it too much but the next game is against a woefully out-of-form Bristol Rovers team, but they are managed by the bloke who hates us more than any other manager in the history of football, uh, Joey Barton. So you can almost certainly guarantee they're going to pick up their levels for that game. And it's, uh, I guess at this stage, Craig, it's just about hoping we uh, we draw a line under Saturday, we reflect as we should, and we focus on the positives. And that, and that that's yeah. the same as a fan base, isn't it? We can't dwell on dropping two points too much. We have to sort of just take a step back, Realise how far we've came on this journey in such a short space of time, and take this head on. We can still get, we're still going to get promoted in my eyes. Yeah, I think the the big thing for me now is just to quickly turn that point into a better point by going and doing exactly what we've done after the crew game. It's it's now by going and winning on Saturday. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it, we're we're talking about the running and and everything that's to come. This now it's like it's the calm before the storm, isn't it? Because it's going to get relentless again very very quick especially over the Easter period. And there's going to be some demanding big games in there against, obviously, Peterborough. Oxford are going to come and offer us a big game as well. So it's it's a chance for reflection for, for the squad. But 
between now and the end of the season, you know, the, that margin for error, it's it's very, very small now. So we can't afford to drop many more points. But that being said, I, like you, I'm, I'm still very quietly confident about us. Again, although we have looked a little shaky in recent games, there hasn't been that much cause for concern where you've looked and thought, you know, Jesus, we're going to get battered today. And we haven't. Like Chris mentioned, we've, we've lost a handful of games over the course of the season. Some of them stupid games. Um, where we should have done a lot, lot better in. But since then, the side has sort of built this backbone and where we now look a completely different team to the one that began the season. So, quietly confident. But um, I think between between now and Saturday, obviously, we've just got to try and, you know, kind of re-energise and, and refocus on, on what's to come. I think, in truth, mentioning about the fans, if the fans were in the ground on Saturday, I know Sunderland fans get absolutely slaughtered for the way that they react to things in the stadium like but I think when that equaliser would have went in that the uh, the crowd would have immediately you know leapt behind the side there would have been a big row to get them back on and whilst it might not have been you know truly decisive to get them over the line I think that kind of shows what's happened over the course of this year that Lee Johnson's got people believing again there's a there's a bit of a goodwill a good spirit about the place and you think if you drop points maybe against sides like yeah that you shouldn't then then obviously there is going to be that sort of negativity around the place but like i say you you've only got to look through through social media where i just think the mood at the moment is just an awful lot better everybody's calm and collected about it and it's just really time to kick on because the we we know what we've got to do simple as that we've just got to basically go out and and outdo Peter Brian Hall from here, but even then, we can outdo just one of them and, and finish in, in the automatics. And I, I think that's the most important thing. It's it's not looking at this thinking we've got to go and win the league. We've just got to get up by anyway. And yeah. um, and even if we finish second, who cares? We just need to escape this division. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you look at the fixtures, Chris. Uh, I don't want to look too far ahead, but we we actually play two games before we play Peterborough, Bristol Rovers, and then Oxford. You would like to at least be in a position to either overtake them. Or even be ahead of them by that point, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, looking at the table though, we're we're two, we're only two points behind them. It's it's so close, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it reminds us, and I hope it doesn't turn out like that this way. But it reminds us of uh, the first season at the stadium, alike under Peter Reid a little bit. Yeah, when we were kind of we were on the cusp, we were chasing Forest and Borough. They were in the top two. We were like trying to trying to keep tabs with them, and it all kind of it was funny because Easter weekend that time was so important. I think we. I think we dropped points at West Brom. I think we drew at West Brom. And then on the Monday, or it might be the other way around, on the Friday, we drew against QBR. QBR. Mike Sheeran scored later yeah. on. And uh, we drew, yeah, we dropped two points. But it feels like that. <laughs> it feels like Easter weekend this time around is as important as then. Because, I mean, Oxford, really tough game there. They're only three points behind the playoffs. Um, and then Peterborough away on the Monday, which is huge. And it feels like Easter weekend's as big as it was kind of 20-odd years ago back then. So... Um, but I mean, going on the positives, I mean, Craig was talking, keep on the positive positives. And, you know, when, you know, our kind of front line kind of faltered a bit at the weekend, we looked a bit toothless going forward. You know, people like Lee Bird stepped up and, you know, it's it's been a bit like that. We've got a squad like that where some people go, oh, I've, I've got, I've, I'm having a bit of an off day, but they're, they're backed up by other people in the team. You know, like Lee Bird just come on leaps and bounds and he, he kind of, you know, he probably gained us a point. At the at the weekend against Lincoln, yeah. I thought I thought he was brilliant, and um, and and it's a bit like that, you know. People like when when we're collectively on it, we have one of those performances like we had of Portsmouth. But when we're off it, or when certain players are off it, other people are stepping up to the plate, and it seems like we've got that spirit behind the scenes where where people just do it and they can see it and they know they need to step up. Yeah, 
I think one of the unnoticed uh, things that what I'm quite pleased about from Saturday is um, is just how we actually sort of kept our discipline a little bit. And that's a word that Lee Johnson uses an awful lot. And I don't mean that in respect of the way that he does about, you know, kind of retaining the formation and keeping people in position and stuff, because you're always liable to get pulled out of position at times. But one thing that we haven't even entertained was just the performance from the referee. And I mean, he was just an absolute shithouse from the start. <laughs> and you look at, you know, some of the bookings were picked up and stuff like that. Daft things, of course, but I mean, there, there was some sort of tasty like encounters, especially in the middle of the pitch. And you think like Charlie White, I think he had, he had a boot to one of their their players' face and stuff. But I, I think the, the pleasing thing for me was is even when things weren't going to plan, you know, everybody kept level-headed, they kept calm. And I think you can kind of you can refer that back to like power's leadership and his transformation of late as well is that everybody seems to be very settled and and nobody's doing anything rash and overreactionary because you think that first season under under Ross when we were chasing down the top two I think we'd had like seven or eight red cards by this this time this season I mean I'm probably cursing it we'll have two players sent off on the weekend now but um, (laughs) I'm just pleased that in a game where a red card looks inevitable that we're just we just kept calm um but yeah, it was. It's just just one of those things. I think from from now, it, it's just ensuring that we we really do keep that that focus on um, on the big prize at the end of the yeah, season. I thought White was going to go at one point. I was crapping myself. Yeah, it was. I mean, like I said, obviously in respect to the referee. I mean, Jesus Christ, the way that he was speaking to Lee Johnson at the start. I mean, we were perhaps should have had a penalty. They could have been down to ten men within the first couple of minutes. It it really did you know, kind of shape the game. And I think credit to both sides, obviously, as um as we both seem to overcome it. And like you said, Chris, it was it was a good game, I think, for the neutral as well. We've had two good games against them at home now, but mm. yeah, for from from here on now, we've just got to make sure that we're all focused and, and we're raring to go for the weekend. That's a good place to end it, I think. Thanks very much for joining us, lads. If people would like to join us before the weekend, yeah, there'll be an extra preview with Brett and the guys coming up ahead of Bristol Rovers where I'm Sure, they'll talk a lot about Joey Barton and how much they think he's a dick. Um, <laughs> because that will be a big feature of this game, I'm sure. He's yeah, it's always about Barton when we play his teams. Uh, thankfully, though, his his team that he's with at the minute aren't quite as good as the Fleetwood side he used to always bring to us. It would be nice, wouldn't it, to twat them one and get one over on that prick and hear him talk about how inferior their resources are to ours and all the rest of it. All the usual shit that comes out of his mouth when Sunderland play Joey Barton. But yeah, that's all to come before the weekend. So thank you very much for joining us and we'll uh, catch you later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.